Welcome back to Flicks and Clicks. My name is Micah, and I'm joined by two lovely people today. Wave, lovely people. Oh, look at them waving. If you're just <laughs> listening, they waved all cute, just so you know. Um, Keelan and Daniel are here joining me today. Today we're going to talk about Bucky and Sam. Talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, season one of that. Is it the series or is it the season? I th- think it's just a season, right? I Up for think debate. So. Up for debate. There you go. Well, I looked the- up if they're planning on doing like a second season, and the only thing I found out was that they're planning on doing a Captain America four that comes right after this. So, so maybe there will be a second season, but my guess is Captain America four is going to be right after that. So, uh, you may be thinking, how can they have a Captain America four when Steve Rogers is gone? And if you're thinking that, then you have not seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I encourage you to go do that. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus and whatnot. All six episodes are now streaming, and it is on there. So we are going to talk about it. We're going to go in episode by episode. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit and uh, have a great time. So if you want to have a great time with us, you've come to the right place. So Daniel Keelan, how are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> awkward you, also, you, keelan's you doing good too yeah both of us we're doing great uh <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> uh it's a great monday um it rained today which makes it smell good on the hot pavement which wasn't really that hot but it smelled good anyways so you know i think that's a good day the 60 degree pavement it's generous 55 degree pavement it's so warm out there 55 man that's crazy (laughs) okay so keelan how are you (laughs) i'm i'm doing good i uh yeah (laughs) it it's a good monday this weekend i i uh in between uh friday evening and sunday evening i ran 26.22 miles which is a marathon. Granted, it was split up between six different occasions and not one, but wow. that's something I feel pretty proud about. So. That is awesome. I don't think Can I've ever ran that it? much in my entire life. <laughs> Combined. Combi- yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Except for that one time in uh, Baseball? high school where we ran poles for like two and a half hours. Remember that, Keelan? Yeah, because in baseball, we lost like 43 to five or something. Yeah, in actually, baseball. yeah, it was like it was like twenty-one to five. No, they were in the forties. No, no, it was twenty-one to five, and we were like, "Aren't they going to call the game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aren't they going to like let us go home? home?" And they were like, "No." <laughs> so then they doubled their score. Yeah. I can't believe they're, we scored five. Like, honestly, <laughs> bring the we were on JV. They were probably like, "Bring the varsity team in here." Pretty much. Let's really show these. Was guys. that the one that that the coach pulled me into pitch? Probably. I think he I pulled like, me in to pitch from the outfield. He like pointed at me like in the middle of the game and I shook my head no like really, really big. And he was like, and I was like. <laughs> I, I feel like everybody, oh everybody on the JV team who pitched like once during a practice probably pitched that game for a little bit. Yeah. He yeah. just was like, he talked to me. He was like, just throw hard. And I was like, coach, I can't throw strikes. <laughs> he was like, just throw it hard. And I think I hit the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man good 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 memories mm, uh, well did you play baseball after it nope nope yeah. not one time i wouldn't nope we had we had we had great coaches they were great it was awesome 
if you guys, if the coaches are listening somehow, you are a terrible coach. Just so you know. <laughs> I don't think they're listening though. Um, we just lost 10 listeners. <laughs> we only had two coaches, didn't we? Oh. Two, yeah. Huh. Two and a half? Two, I think. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, that was a that was a rough time. It was a rough time. Yeah, not not a great time. It was fun, like because you were on the team and Ryan Gelwix was there and Cole Matice was there, and everyone else was pretty not great on JV anyway. Well, there's Tyson. Remember Tyson? Didn't he grow like three feet after that? He's always been super tall. Yeah, but he probably grew more. Yeah. Yeah. Never stopped. Never stopped stopping. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's go over some first reactions of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, what's your overall initial thoughts without any kind of spoilers, uh, Keelan? I enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much as WandaVision. Um, and most of that comes down to um, writing for me. Not writing necessarily, I guess, but it just seemed like they had a lot in there and there was a lot of moving pieces. Um, a lot of them were really good. Um, it's just for six episodes, I feel like, and we'll get more into this, but there are certain, um, I guess arcs, character arcs or story arcs that I think they could have totally left out or replaced with something smaller that would have served the same purpose to push the characters where they needed to go. Um, but I think every aspect of the show they wanted to make as big as possible. And then it just, there wasn't enough time in my opinion for them to do everything they wanted to do. A lot of it worked really, really well. Um, there were just a few, uh, components of it that I think, uh, should have been held off for a later, a second season or a different storyline or something, but sure. Overall. Uh liked it daniel what about you uh yeah i love the show there were definitely some aspects that didn't live up to my hopes or expectations uh without getting into details namely just the finale and more or less how it played out wasn't what i was hoping for um but overall the ride to get there and how they explored the characters that they did um they did introduce that are important. Um, I, I loved every step of that. Um, and I loved especially how they approached, um, like characters that we've kind of known and that we've gotten to know through the movies. Um, and they got to like highlight, um, why they were an Avenger without where the, where the movies never really let us know. They just kind of, yeah, these guys are Avengers. Uh, in the show, they got to show off a little bit more, and I thought that that was really fun and show their expertise and their their talents. Sure, yeah, um, I think this was hard for me to want to watch. To be honest, after like the first ep- first two episodes, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. It was hard for me to to, and then the third episode I was kind of like, eh. But uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth episodes um, were a lot more fun to watch, uh, for me at least. I think that overall, I agree with you, Keelan, it's not as good as WandaVision. 
Um, one thing that WandaVision did for me that Falcon and Winter Soldier also did is that it made me excited for the characters in the future. Um, like I said, in, in the WandaVision episode, um, Wanda was someone I, you know, was like, oh, cool, cool character, but I don't really care about her as much. And now I'm like really invested into that character. I feel the same way with, um, with, um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan going forward, um, with the MCU. I think that, um, I, but I also agree with you, Keelan, that the writing was rough at times. The dialogue was rough at times. Um, like the, uh, the dynamic between, um, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, when they're like doing that banter back and forth. Some of that was pretty funny, but some of it was like, this is like a little cringy <laughs> at times. And, it, you know, not because they're not good actors, because they are and they have good chemistry, but just the words that they had to say, the dialogue was like, wow, this is a little bit yikes. <laughs> and maybe that's just the MCU trying to figure out how to do episode things, how to do a show instead of a TV, um, or a show instead of a movie, I mean. Um, and then overall, I thought that it, it sort of mirrored WandaVision in a lot of ways um, with how they sort of tied it with a bow at the end. Um, they didn't leave a cliffhanger really at all. Um, they tied it with a bow and then like put a little other tiny things in there like, oh, this is what to expect for the next one. Like a little, you know, tiny, like, like they do with all the movies instead of like, leave us, leave us on a huge cliffhanger. Um, and you know, maybe that was probably on purpose, but, but yeah, I think, um, the pacing, the pacing of this was all over the place for me as well. Uh, it seemed to start pretty slow for the first three or four episodes and then kind of ramped up and then kind of uh, like got pulled out of control and then everything went way too fast. <laughs> So um, I would have liked better pacing and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, when when Sam and Bucky are, like, beating people up together or they're, you know, trying to be secret agents and figuring stuff out together on screen, um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and those aspects of it were my favorite, for sure. Um, I think this show also tried to add in too many things. Um, like you said, Keelan, that should have been, like, a second a second season maybe to add some of the stuff in. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, overall it was not, you know, it, I mean, it's, if these were new characters, this would have sucked for me. If these were new characters, it would have been terrible. But because we're invested into these characters, even a little bit, you know, to me, this is one of those MCU things. That's like, eh, it's not one of my favorite MCU things by any stretch. It's not even close to one of my favorites. But it's still good because of like the groundwork that they've laid through the past, you know, 12 years, um, 10 years, I guess, 11 of, of the MCU and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I'm looking forward to see what they do with these characters going forward. But this probably isn't going to be one that I watch and rewatch all the time. So that is how I feel. Yeah. So. Um, do you guys want to kind of go through episode by episode a little bit and just kind of share some thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So first episode's called New World Order. Um, this is Sam and Bucky kind of doing their own things. And then they are sort of realizing at the very end 
I don't know if they're realizing at the very end, like, oh, I need to connect with Sam. I need to connect with Bucky. But they're realizing, like, oh, I need to get involved in whatever this is. And so what did you guys think of, of the first episode, uh, New World Order? Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to remember everything that a lot of this uh, series I'm realizing has was um, I've forgotten a, quite a bit of it, um, especially in the first the first episode. Um, I know it started with, you know, Sam in the canyon trying to do something with a helicopter. Which is sweet. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Um, I really liked what, what they um, started with uh, with Bucky in, in uh, therapy and, and how he's, you know, strugg- still struggling with his past as the Winter Soldier. I thought that was a really cool um, thing. There was, just, there was just so much that happens um that they introduce um it didn't like hook hook me but it was enough for me to be like i'm gonna watch the next episode like which to be fair when i first tried watching wandavision i got five minutes in and shut it off because i was like this is (laughs) not what i want to watch sure um so yeah and i thought the the little stinger at the end of the first episode of of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was was pretty cool, um, and it it was interesting without knowing where the rest of the story was going and where the what the themes that they were diving into um, to see that Sam gave up the shield very quickly, um, mm-hmm. and without knowing his reasoning behind it, it was kind of like a what this why would he do that? And then you know they dive into it like all stories do, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's really all I have to say about the first one. Yeah. Uh, Just so everyone knows we're, we're in spoilers now at this point. I mean, we're going through the episode, so <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Episode by episode. Um, yeah. So what, what do you think? Uh, episode one, Dan? Yeah. Um, I feel like I should disclose that I'm, I'm like, I would consider myself in like the top 5% Marvel fan where like I, I'm kind of a freak about some of this stuff. So just to disclose that up ahead of time, I really loved the way that this episode one started out um, for a couple of reasons. Um, my, my main thing and what hooked me immediately and was like, okay, I'm, I'm sold on this whole series. I want to see where it goes and I want to see what happens was honestly that Canyon scene. Um, because kind of like I mentioned in my, in my initial thoughts is you, especially with Sam Wilson, we get introduced to him in civil war and he is just some dude running around and Steve's outrunning him. And like, he's just a dude, like he's a dude that was a veteran. We don't really know anything about him. We find out through the part of that movie that he was some sort of a quote unquote pilot. Um, and it turns out he like flies a wingsuit. Um, so like, but like you don't get an idea of anything beyond that other than like he's he's well equipped to handle this like unique piece of hardware but like does that qualify you to be an avenger like i don't know but based off of need and his trust in steve he joined the avengers and you know fought against hydra as they were taking over shield and you know the rest is history but throughout the rest of the movies we never really get an idea of like what sam's capable of he's always just kind of steve's like little buddy that kind of comes around and like flies around and helps and he does his best, you know, and he does good, but like 
there's nothing special about him. So when this episode started and you see Sam in his element doing what he was trained to do, doing what he knows how to do, and also being like the point person and the lead person, um, I think that just spoke so much to what Steve saw in him when Steve came back in Endgame and said, "This is this is your shield that I'm giving you. This I'm giving you this position." And Sam's like, "This doesn't feel right. Like I I shouldn't be the person." But in that first episode, especially in that first scene, you're seeing so many aspects of his like physical capabilities and his like actual like I can fight and I can do hand to hand combat in this tight plane and hold my own against these armed men when I don't have anything. Um, but also his leadership and his ability to make hard decisions in, in a pinch and stuff like that, which is very akin to Steve. Um, other parts of the first episode that I just, I thought it did really well was it kind of just caught us back up with both of these characters End game happened. And Sam went back to living in, I think Louisiana is where his family's from. And you get to meet his sister and you get to see his nephews that he's talked about before. So you kind of just get an inside view of his life. And then with Bucky, he's been pardoned because of his acts in Endgame um, and Infinity War um, and, and the government recognizing him as a hero and not a, you know, a criminal. Uh, but now he's doing uh, counseling. And then you also get a brief glimpse of the Flag Smashers and you're like, oh, these are the bad guys for sure. These are, these are the guys that are going around robbing banks and they're the terrorists and got crazy masks with red hands like like the urukai but with yeah. red hands instead of white hands like <laughs> well, you know like yep. it, they try to paint that picture i thought of obviously. that too yeah yeah um but it just kind of sets it kind of sets the expectation for the show and then the other like main player it introduces is is this new captain america you know you see you see uh sam bring the shield back to the museum and then the government's like no we actually need a captain america so we're going to give the shield that you gave to us which was given to you to this guy and everybody was like not happy like i i i follow some other um like mcu fan pages and stuff like that and everybody the well, people instant, pissed they, oh they were so <laughs> angry <laughs> everybody like had so much of a problem with him with john walker I, he has a name um, and, uh, to be honest, I emotionally responded the same way. Like I was emotionally upset. I didn't know why. And I had no real reason to be upset in that moment. Other than the fact that like, like he's, he's got the mantle when Steve gave it to Sam and now, now we're in this position. But overall that first episode, I just, I think it set everything kind of set the stage of like, here's where our heroes have been. Here's this new threat. And you get this nuanced sub story of like, also Sam doesn't want to be Captain America because it's complicated. So the government gave it to this other white guy who is a war hero. And that's like all we know. And then it, the episode ends. So I think it just did a really good job setting all that up and, and beginning those stories and those arcs. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was kind of cool, like, oh, we're learning what these guys have been up to and all this stuff, and, and then the very end, it's a good um, segue into the second episode, but the very end, when they, like, they essentially are, like, crowning this guy, the new Captain America, because they, like, need, they needed someone to look up to. They needed some kind of symbol, um, and I think... To me, I didn't really know. I don't know much about the comics at all. I don't know 
what this guy is supposed to be. And so I was just like, is this just some random guy they found who like looks to be the part and then he's not really going to do anything, but he's just a publicity guy. That's kind of what I thought initially. Um, but then no, he's like boots on the ground kind of guy as well. So, um, I thought that was interesting. So second episode, the star spangled man. Um, yeah, John Walker, he won, uh, three medals of honor, um, and stuff like that. Um, and so he is like touring his old high school and they're like, you're the new Captain America. And he's like, I have guts and all that good stuff. Sam and Bucky team up for the first time and the the banter between the two of them is uh, interesting. So what did you guys think of this episode? This this is the one that did, did hook me. Um, and it's uh, primarily because of uh, just one scene where Sam and Bucky travel to Baltimore and, and Bucky shows introduces Sam to this guy named Isaiah Bradley who's this older older black man who's just built like an ox right super strong and you come to realize that he has the same super soldier serum that Bucky has that Captain America has that these uh flag smashers have right and but he's old and you're like why why the heck haven't I heard about you and he goes into this story and he talks about his time uh i think in the korean war and he basically has the same story that uh captain america had uh uh, steve rogers where his whole group was behind enemy lines and no one would go save him so he took it upon himself to go and single-handedly get his whole team out of there same thing as as steve rogers um except his the outcome was completely different they didn't like turn him into a superhero and this greater than a man, they kept him kind of locked away and experimented on him. And, and uh, so that, that just like was, and uh, it moved, the show moved in a direction that I wasn't expecting it to. And that's what really hooked me because I was like, oh, this isn't going to be just a Marvel movie. That's what the first episode really made it seem. It's like, oh, it's going to have cool action. They're going to be having like quips and stuff and it's going to be fun. And this one was like, Okay, they're actually going to be diving into some, some subject matter, matter, and that was really cool. Um, but I do agree, the banter, I <laughs> was not not a fan of it. I think some of it does work, but I that, and I that, haven't that scene in particular, that scene of them with the shrink, who mm-hmm. is there, like, and they like have to turn towards each other and and get really close. That it was like. It, that one was really straddling the line between funny and cringy to me. I was like, oh, it's kind of funny, but it's like, oh, man. I don't know. Yeah. Am I the only one yeah. with that one? No, <laughs> no. And it's disappointing, too, because if you watch any sort of, like, not like not film-related, like, interviews with those two, with uh, um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, like, their chemistry and their actual banter is... Is it a lot like, like that? Is, is, no, it's like, it's actually fun. And it's like okay. not, it's like, you're like, why couldn't you guys just like let them do the banter themselves? Right. I then, feel like it was scripted and it should have just been them like, hey, or just see what you come up with. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Especially like with them facing each other. You seen it? The, I think it's like, like dad joke contest or something like that on YouTube where you get like the two comedic actors <laughs> yeah, and they yep. face each other and just tell dad jokes. Like it could have been just like that and it would have been awesome. That would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with the banter, even when it did work, it was like, it just felt out of place because 
they introduced really serious, prevalent subject matter. And it's like, there's some really serious, heavy parts of the show. And then they're just like acting all like buddy cop. It, it was like an, like a eighties to nineties movie mm-hmm. half the time. And then it also tried to be a very modern thing where it tackled real issues. Right. And I just think just pick it one. Could have, <laughs> it could have been done better. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I haven't <clears throat> seen all of the Marvel movies. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the ones where, uh, the Falcon and the winter soldier are in and, when were they ever like friends? I know it's like, oh, they're well, yeah, the classic buddy cop thing in this show where they're like, oh, I hate you, I hate you, shut up, shut up, and then they become friends or whatever. But like, they did they ever talk? Yeah, there's been a lot of nuance between the two for a while since Civil War. Like, there's even parts where I think it's in Civil War where Sharon is getting Steve his shield and Sam his wings back, and they're in like and they're the in the bug. little car. Yeah, and, right. And, and I think was it. Uh, Sam's or no Bucky's in the back yep and he's like can Sam's you move your seat, seat up and Sam's like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, that's right yeah. little tiny yeah. things like, like that yeah so like they've had they've had a lot of, and when they're running through the airport in Civil War and Spider-Man's oh, and chasing fight, yeah. after them and, that's right and they're like I like, really don't get, like that guy and they get yeah. they get webbed they get, right like, next to each to other like don't <laughs> yeah. say anything <laughs> yeah Okay, so they have so, had, they have had a lot of interactions so that like the chemistry should have been there better than the writing showed it to be gotcha i i also like really quick before i pass the torch on or whatever but i like how they introduced um john walker in this episode because at the end of the first one you're like this is the wrong guy and he sucks and i hate him and then (laughs) in this episode it's not like you're thinking oh he's the right choice but you're like he's not right it's not like he is a bad guy or anything like he He's, yeah. And he didn't ask for it. Yeah, he was given this, and he's yeah. going to try his best to live up to it. And mm-hmm. you see his, he has relationships, he has a wife, you know, you see that behind the scenes stuff, um, which I thought was cool because they didn't make him just a one-dimensional, mm-hmm. this is a guy who shouldn't be Captain America, and that was it. It was actually, he had some depth to him, which I I liked. Yeah, and even on that, like I think the only reason his character worked in the capacity that they went with his character is because they gave him that depth. They like he, I think the entire show he he walked that line of like I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy or a bad guy doing good things or a good guy stumbling his way through, and I think it's because of that depth they created for him. Yeah. Um, sp- Speaking of depth, I don't want to get, well, maybe we should talk about this later. I'm just going to talk about it now. Um, one thing that was really disappointing to me was was Bucky's depth of character. His depth of character was like in the first couple episodes, and then after that he kind of just, Sam's depth of character is great, and it's in every episode, and it's fantastic, and spoiler alert, he picks up the torch eventually, not the torch, the shield eventually, and becomes the new Captain America. They change the logo at the very end to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And to me, I think that that's awesome that Sam is now the new Captain America at last. I thought that was going to be episode one, <laughs> but it ended up being episode six. Um, and I just thought that shouldn't we call Bucky Barnes something other than the name he had when he was killing people 
Well, and he said at some point throughout the show, he's like, I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore. And then Marvel's like, and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, because he's the White Wolf is what he yeah. should be called. So it should be, yeah. it should be Captain America and the White Wolf. But I, so I feel like they could have easily done that if it was like 10 episodes instead. And they just went a little bit more into depth. And even even more depth into Sam's character would have been great. And just an, more into Bucky's where he really realizes like, because at this point he's like, I've done so much crap. I probably shouldn't do too much because I'm going to mess it up. Is what he's thinking this whole show, which is a good, you know, it's a good character arc. Marvel's really good with character arcs and stuff like that. I just feel like they could have flushed this one out more. And it would have been cooler for it to be like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then they like fall off and it says Captain America and the White Wolf. How cool would that have been? Like, you know what I mean? That would have been awesome for like both of them to get their redemption story um, in there. I mean, maybe that's what they're planning for season two to go more into depth into Bucky's um, past and stuff like that. Um, That would be cool. But maybe that's something they're planning. But that was something that I found frustrating was like, well, but what about Bucky who's worked so hard and... You know, and now he's still just the murderer. <laughs> it's like rough. They, yeah, they set up his arc so well in the first mm-hmm. the first episode, and then it, it it doesn't even get touched on until like the last episode or something. Yeah, and then they introduce a whole nother arc halfway through the season for him with with uh, Wakanda and stuff. Yeah, and that's cool, right? There's which nothing is wrong the, with that, like, but it's which like, is like the perfect bridge to him becoming the White Wolf. Yeah, it just uh. like if they spent more time with him letting go of being the winter soldier and moving past that and everything. And then it like leads to, it just seemed like it was like broken up and then like yep. mixed and weird. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I think it's just because they had, you know, five hours and 45 minutes and they had, you know, 13 really powerful, good characters that they needed to show that all of them are like, a lot of them are brand new except for like, two or three you know what i mean it's not like infinity war where every single person in the movie has had their own movie already yeah it's it's yeah anyway um episode three any any, anything else on episode two or can we move on um i was just gonna mention the other thing is we also get introduced to lamar hoskins in this who is john walker's best friend. yes um and he that guy was a beast he was. Yeah. I was really confused about him too because he seemed like he kind of aired on the devil's advocate side when, sure. whenever John came to like ask him like, hey, what would you do? Or like, how should we handle this? Or whatever. Lamar was like, no, you're doing the right thing or whatever. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, we're in the right, like they're in the wrong. And it's like, I, th- it's a little more gray area than what yeah. I think he's like pushing. So it was hard. I, I wasn't sure how I felt about him as a character other than like he just seemed to be like the little devil on the shoulder kind of whispering to John like it's okay you can do this just like this once you know what did you guys think of the John Walker's character what did you think of the performance by um Wyatt Russell I really like Wyatt Russell I first saw him in 22 Jump Street and he plays (laughs) just this meathead jock football player I thought he was so funny and I didn't even know it was him until the second episode because he looks so goofy with the helmet on, yeah, which I he think really works in, in the advantage of the show. But, um, looks like Carl from up wearing a Captain America helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he I, does. I thought he did a great job because I did not like him for a lot of the time. Um, yeah. and that's good. Yeah. Same. I thought, uh, if you're, if you're portraying a character and you convince the whole world who's rational, supposed to be rational and 
in reality uh, that you're a piece of scum, dirtbag human, you're probably doing a good job acting. Yeah, I might be. Especially if you're not that in real life. Yeah, I might be wrong then because I didn't like him in this. I thought he was by far the worst actor on the screen for sure. Hmm. Um, even the Aaron, Aaron Kellyman, Kellyman who played Carly. I thought she was pretty good where I've heard other people were like, yeah, I didn't really like her, her depth and what she, um, I didn't like what they wrote for her, but I thought she was good acting wise. Um, anyway, we can talk more about that later. Episode three, the power broker. Um, I, wrote the power broken which i believe is um a typo good job apple (laughs) yes daniel you have a thought Uh, yeah i was just gonna say we also forgot to mention that uh zemo gets broken out in episode oh yeah what up zemo's out it's kind of a big deal (laughs) wait i thought that was episode three i thought that was episode two you're probably right so and then episode three don't they go to madripoor and he takes them there yes it's it's, or is it the beginning of episode three that... Yeah, it's revealed that they're that's right. going to get Zemo at the end of episode two. Oh, but the, that's the right. prison break happens at the beginning of three. Okay. I was wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Uh, yeah, so they go. They get Zemo, which I was like, oh, this guy again. Okay. And then he like starts saying the words, <laughs> the, the trigger words, and Bucky's just looking at him like, doesn't work anymore, bro. <laughs> I thought that was kind of nice. Um... um yeah, in this one, Walk John Walker's like having to be like, "Do you know who I am?" And he's like kind of going down a, a dark path. Um, and then they go to Madripoor, where there's more weird dialogue. <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode? <laughs> I love the fight scene in the shipping dock. That yeah. was so cool. And uh, are you talking about Sharon's fight scene? Yeah. Well, yeah. when they were all, all three, all four of them. But yeah, when Sharon oh, yeah, yeah. pops up and is just wrecking those people. Oh, it's so cool. With a metal stick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Madripoor was a cool setting visually. <laughs> I don't really think it needed to be there. I, yeah. I feel like that's a way bigger yep. thing to explore in its own thing. Um, but it reminded me a lot of uh, Godzilla versus Kong with those bright neon lights and yeah. all that stuff. So it was cool to watch, and it introduced, it like broadened uh, the world and expanded and everything. Um, it was just another element that they added, um, and it was really cool that uh, the the Dora Milaje, uh were there, and those are the the warriors from Wakanda. Um, that was something I wasn't expecting, even though I know uh, Bucky had all that history in Wakanda. Uh, I just didn't expect that to pop in in this show. So that was another like, whoa, oh, that's cool. There, yeah. Like it, it's really connecting with the the movies, which was it was cool, cool. And Zemo, he was really funny. I love uh, the the actor. Uh, don't know his name. Daniel um, Brule. Yeah. Yep. Uh, really entertaining. It just felt weird. Like that's, it's just, it was, it's like two different vibes that the show gives and not that either one is bad. It's just, they don't really mix together in my opinion. Um, And to see the guy who, you know, blew up the, the King of Wakanda and everything just like dancing in a club and being comedic relief is, it was weird. 
yeah, it just, I liked it. That's the weird thing is that I liked it. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yep. But. I'm with you. And what's his deal with the candies? That was weird. Turkish delight. I yeah, think Turkish that Turkish delights are gross. Have you ever actually had them? Yeah, it's I've only good when it's it's only good when it's fresh. Like if it's like a uh, like oh. like if it's fresh Turkish it's delight, fresh. it's like good. But if it's like put into like a candy, it's not good. <laughs> I've never had it fresh. It's really gross. So I've only ever had it gross. <laughs> yeah, it's most of the time it is. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, I I'm not so sure about this episode. This one was kind of like eh for me. Episode three. I think I might have fallen asleep during it. Anyway. Yeah. I uh I think this for me, I would I would more or less agree with you both. I think this was kind of like the lowest episode for me. I I don't know anything about Madripoor and like they were bringing in the power broker as a character and it just seemed and it did none of it really seemed explained it's just like oh by the way there's this place that's been here all along and there's this person called the power broker and they can help you find you know the world's most wanted terrorist group it's like wait (laughs) (laughs) how long has it been around did you guys see it glows neon you can see it from space so did you guys see it coming (laughs) that sharon was the power broker yes and no I was pretty upset with the decision, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like it was one of those situations where, like, they're going to think that we're leading them on to believe that Sharon's the power broker. So they're all going to think that (laughs) they're all going to think that Sharon's not the power broker because that's way too obvious. So we're going to make her the power broker. And it was like, yeah, reverse, reverse psychology. (laughs) Here's here's one thing that I'm sure we can get into more later, but the uh, this show was meant to be the first the first uh marvel like show after or like the first marvel show and the first like phase five or phase four um piece um that was gonna that was supposed to like project the whole marvel forward and so i don't know like there's a lot of theories about like you know there's uh uh secret invasion um, and some other Marvel movies that have been confirmed that have to do with things like scrolls, for example. So there's a lot of people that are like, is that really Sharon Carter? I don't know. Maybe she's a scroll. Maybe everyone's a scroll and you get <laughs> crazy people. But I do think that there, I think there's a lot more that will be fleshed out later. And it's kind of a bummer because they introduced it now and you're like, well, now we have to wait till who knows when to figure out what happened. But I do think that's part of, I hope that's part of the plan is to introduce some of these characters vaguely and leave it at that. Um, and I think we got that in WandaVision too with things like Monica Rambeau and you get to introduce to her and you don't get her character really that fleshed out and you don't get to know much about her powers or, you know, much of that stuff. I think that's a lot of these shows are just kind of setting some groundwork to move forward and filling some gaps on characters that we already know and love. So I think there's a lot of characters and story arcs that were started here that weren't intended to be finished. I just want to interject and ask Keelan, are you drinking that blue milk from star Wars? Yep. I, I did you import a, a it? Sea cow <laughs> right before the show started. Can you put it up to the camera? What it, I really, it really, it really does look like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Did you get it right from the teat of that weird, nasty thing that Luke does on that I island? Did, yep. And then I, I did the whole thing that he does in his... That's another example dripping of off. the stu- like comedy that would be funny in something else, just not where it was put. Yep. What a great example. Huh. We should we should call Tyler and see what he thinks about <laughs> Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, we should. That's actually a great idea. Let's call him up right now. He probably won't answer. Anyway, um, yeah. So that that's episode three. I feel like that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, episode four: the whole world is watching. Um, this is where stuff got cool to me. This episode four, I think, is my favorite of all of them. Because um, this, to me, is where the um, the pacing is like really, really good. Because it just is. And then in five and six, it like speeds off and goes. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, but episode four is where um, Bucky and Sam are trying to find out where the flag smashers are. Um, she's trying to, they're, they're trying to find Carly so that Sam can talk to her. Um, so they find out that she's, which is the Turkish delight part too, right? Where the guys like gives them the candies and that was kind of weird, but then he tells them. So I thought that that was kind of cool that he was like being a bad guy and sort of leveraging some Zemo was like leveraging some information, but then, he ended up actually telling them stuff. And anyway, um, yeah. And then Walker and, um, I can't remember that guy's name. Hoskins. Hoskins. Lamar. Yes. Lamar Hoskins. Yeah. Yeah. Star. Um, John and Lamar are there with Sam and Bucky and there's like that weird power dynamic between the four of them, which I thought was pretty cool actually. And then they're like, Okay, you go talk to the lady, but you've only got 10 minutes. Um, and so that whole thing and how it got screwed up and just how, how the events played out in that episode, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I think it was my favorite my favorite one because this is the one where Sam and Carly have that conversation. And I thought that was the best dialogue in the whole show was that that part right there when Sam's like basically trying to tell her like, no, you kind of are a terrorist. <laughs> You know, but like leveling with her because that's what he's good at. That's what he does. That's what he was doing with um, with veterans when Steve Rogers found him. And so uh, to me, that was like a really cool. Wow. This guy should definitely be the next Captain America. Um, And that was really cool to see was just the ability for him to like um, be so empathetic with someone who's basically a terrorist and just to like try to talk him down and make him realize like, you know. Like he, you know, he's the one who's like, no, we don't have to use force. Like we can do this. We can just, we can talk it out. And so I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, plus there's a big twist at the end. Um, it's not necessarily a twist. You kind of see it coming, but, um, but yeah. What did you guys think of this episode? Episode four, the whole world is watching. I really liked it. Yeah. This, I think this one would be my favorite as well. I believe, um, I'm reading the the synopsis of each episode, and yeah, like I said before, there's so much that I forgot. But <laughs> was it was it this episode or the episode before where uh, Lamar and John have that conversation when they find they like track down the super soldier serum, and they're fighting, and then they they find it might be at the beginning of this one. Yeah, I think it is at the beginning of this one. Okay, this is because this is the one where the. 
the what is it the Willa Balaji? Did I say that right? Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. When the Dora Milaje ladies come in and they're like beating the crap out of everybody, which was awesome. Um, that whole scene. And then he was like, he was basically like, they beat me and they don't, they don't even have super serum. And I was like, oh man, he's going to, he's going to take it soon here. Um, yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed that part a lot as well. When, when he has that, when they have that conversation, Lamar and, and John, when they're yes. just sitting at the table in the mm-hmm. lobby of the hotel or whatever. Um, and you can like, I think Lamar sees the best in John. Yeah. And we know more about like kind of where his mind and heart is at this moment than Lamar does, or at least that Lamar chooses to see at that moment. And sure. when, John talks about, would you take it? And Lamar's like, heck yeah, man, of course. Are you kidding me? That'd be so cool. Think of all the people I could have helped. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think in that same conversation, they touch upon like how John kind of struggles with the stuff he had to do Mm -hmm. when he was a soldier. And like, he's like, yeah, I like, I got medals. I did what I was told to do, but like what I was told to do was kill people. And like, whether or not, you know, everyone thinks it was for the right decision. I still had to kill people. That's not like verbatim what he said, but like, yeah, you he tell, I think he said, that, he remember I watched it today. <laughs> he said, uh, <laughs> he said, I, I was given medals of honor so that I can remember the worst day of my life is basically what yeah. he says. And so I love like the, that just that's little, a, that's a big moment. deal. <laughs> yeah. Shows yeah. that like, Right. Yeah. I know we don't think he should be Captain America, but he's like, he's going through, like he's struggling through some stuff and mm-hmm. doesn't mean he should have the shield. He should not have the shield, especially after everything that he said and everything. But like you, you know where he's at and it's not just like a, I'm a bad guy. Cause I'm a bad guy. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that. But, um, and the fight, the fighting in this episode was really good. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that final shot, is one of my favorites in in recent uh uh MCU stuff not because it's like super beautiful or anything it's just very like visually like it tells a clear message and Are you talking about the blood on the shield? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz uh Lamar dies in this episode and John goes after one of the flag smashers it's not even the one that killed Lamar but he's just so enraged and he he kills the guy and just smashes his head in with the shield and it's very visceral. He decapitates you don't him. It's like, yeah, you can hear it and it's, I was not expecting it to be that violent. And again, it's not like R rated or anything, but then he's standing there and the camera's like on the ground looking up at him and the bottom of the shield is just coated in blood. Oh, and, and there's and like 50 people all there with their phones. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause they just watched all of it and recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. Hence, hence the name the whole world's watching right <laughs> yeah yeah i think that there i think there's a lot of i, I don't want to get too sidetracked away from the show but i think this episode was a major call to a lot of things going on in the world with regards to to race and everything and i think i think the the idea of like witnessing something horrendous and a bunch of people out with their with their camera phones and recording it and like knowing that that happened or whatever, uh, it's, it's powerful. I think it's a powerful message. Um, because of how connected everyone is with, yep. yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. 
Yep. And, and especially with where they go with the rest of the show and you just see like how, you know, you, you get more conversations with Isaiah Bradley later that you, that you learn more of his story and more depth to that and everything. And, um, yeah, it's this, this was a, I think for me, this was a, I agree. It was, it was a really good episode, but it was also a really tough one to watch because it was just, it hits you in the gut. And, uh, I think it's something that in that moment, like we were, were kind of put in the place of like, okay, we also, just like all the people watching just witnessed Captain America basically like decapitate or like slaughter a man who was begging for his life and said, I like, don't like, please, please stop or whatever. And, uh, like we have to grapple with the fact that this person who's supposed to represent something did something like that. I would like to point out that, um, in civil war, when Tony Stark and, and, uh, Steve Rogers were fighting in that bunker, it was the exact same thing. Steve had him pinned down. Tony was there with no Iron Man helmet on. And he lifted the shield like he was going to do that. And he didn't. Um, and so to me, that was like a very clear, like, okay, this guy's not Captain America. Um, it was a very clear, like he made the wrong decision right after Keelan, like what were you saying when they were talking in the hotel, right after his friend, when, when Lamar's like, yeah, but you make the right decisions in the heat of battle. He didn't this time. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's Steve had every every amount of emotion that John Walker did in that, in that, yes. you know, when comparing the two, like Steve, Steve was angry. He was defensive. He was defending his best friend. The only person that has known him his whole life the only person he can connect to in this modern world. And he had every reason to be just as mad at Tony for trying to kill and successfully blasting his arm off. Um, and, uh, and he made the right decision and, uh, yep. Yeah. It's, it's a says, it says so much about that character and Keelan, I I think you said it really well. Like he's not, he's, he's still, he's still in this position where like, he's not necessarily like, he's not a villain. Like he's not a Thanos that's like out to destroy. Like he thinks he's doing the right thing and he's governed by his emotion and he's reacting instead of responding uh, and that's, and he's making wrong decisions, but like, he's a person that has been through a lot of stuff and is like, he's messed up. He's a messed up guy. Yeah. And you even see him in the last episode, like saving some people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's a very, he's, gro- the, he's a very complex, complex character. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think why people were so quick to call him a villain or whatever is it's very clear. He's not meant to be Captain America. Right. He yeah. doesn't have what it takes to be Captain America. And I, I'm i thinking, I mean, Bucky kills people in this show. Yeah. He shoots people, like the, the bad guys or whatever. Right. Yeah. He shoots them, though. And, like, if the roles were reversed, let's say someone managed to kill Steve and Bucky was there, um, Bucky probably would have killed the guy. Probably would have done too. the same thing. Yep. Yep. Um, but that's but, why Bucky is, that's why... Uh, Steve, Steve didn't, didn't pick... give the shield to Bucky. He <laughs> yep, knew exactly. he's like Bucky. You're not a bad guy. You're just not. You're just not the guy. You're yeah. not the guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I thought that was really cool because it. I don't know. It's so easy to be black and white with 
who's good and who's bad. And yeah, yeah. I I just would have liked, I you know it it was it was a cool thing that Sam was kind of struggling with filling his shoes, filling Captain America's shoes. The show kind of made it out to be like, oh, it's because of a racial thing. I don't really buy that. Um, I think Sam just as a normal human being is like, I can't amount to what Steve Rogers has done. But Steve Rogers gave him the shield because of what he's already done, right? What he's done to help veterans and he just does the right thing. And he's not, you know, he's not super serum enhanced or anything, but he knows it'll be in good hands and he'll make the right decision when it comes to it. Um, and I think that's, that's something that um, Sam should have figured out before, like should have figured out earlier. Um, I would have liked the show to have been, to have started where it ended. <laughs> I would have liked it to where it's Sam as the new Captain America and Bucky is there as the Winter Soldier still. And it's their arc trying to get over the weight of losing Steve Rogers. Whereas that wasn't really mentioned like at all. Like the the big person of Captain America is mentioned all the time and Steve a couple of times, but it's not something that they're like, you know, it's not, it's not something that was harped on enough. I don't think. Um, and I, I would, I don't know, but then the, you know, then we've already talked about it too, but then they shoehorned in a flag smashers that are terrorists and another, the star spangled man, another captain America. And they shoehorned in Zemo is back and Sharon Carter is doing some bad guy thing. And, um, the, uh, the Wakanda ladies are there. And so anyway, there's just a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. And I, for me personally, uh, like I said, when I was talking about episode two, the thing that grabbed me most about this show was, uh, how at times how uh, intentional and deep it dived into racial issues. Yeah. The thing that, that bugs me again, we've all said a, a bunch is there's just so much. And I think if they, like Micah, how you said you wish that would have started with where this ended. I think if they just made the first season um, more about, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not an MCU writer or anything. But I feel like if they just focused on they t- take the flag smashers out of there, save that for season two, um, and put, you know, Sam and Bucky, and you can put the new Captain America in there, uh, John Walker, sure, um, and then have it. Have that, uh, you know, the the um, the subplot of uh, uh, racial inequality and all that stuff, and then and then have the living up to the mantle of being Captain America, and then you can just have some random bad guy, because what ended up happening was the Flag Smashers, at the end of the day, just served the purpose to have Captain America and Bucky and Sam be in the same place at the same time, trying to solve the same problem just in different ways, and then them butting heads. And then I, there's just, there's so many moving parts in the show. And I think a lot of them could have worked really, I think the idea behind the flag smashes about how, um, how they, you know, want to be like, they want to unify the world, how everything was when the blip happened or the snap or whatever they call it in the universe. Um, like I buy that as, uh, their motivation it's just it's not explored well enough in the show because there's not enough time. Same thing with um, 
with the stuff with Isaiah Bradley. I loved so good. Give me more of that. Expand on that more, please. And then save some of the other stuff for a later time. And I think it, that that's the part that really worked for me. And, um, it is there in episode two and it's there in the final episode. And so that like caps off the show and I, I feel good about it. But when I think about <laughs> caps the show, off. Cap. <laughs> when I think about the show individually with the episodes, it's, it's, it's just so disjointed and yep. I am bummed by that. Daniel, you have a thought? Yeah, I was just going to say there's there's parts of what you guys are saying that I agree with in terms of like there's there's a lot going on. I think that they included way too many way too many stories. Um I I I personally would disagree about the areas that I think that they should have like disregarded. I think the flag smashers were kind of important. Um I think the the whole the whole I mean, we still have two more episodes to talk through, so I don't want to go too far into this. But I think the whole the whole show is to is to prompt Sam into that role. Like, like this show this show is about Sam. It's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's about Sam. That's why only the Falcon's name changed at the end. That's why everything is surrounding this shield and what happens with it, and why the climax and the resolution to the to the show is Sam taking the mantle and kicking butt and being Captain America. And I think if you look at if you look at the players that are involved, the the people that you want in the story are gonna be the people that are going to push him towards making that right decision to take that mantle. And I think the flag smashers were crucial to that because one, timing wise, it's happening right after the unblip or whatever, like right when everybody snaps back into existence. So there's a a huge portion of the world that is, you know, on board with their, their cause of like saying, you know, when everybody, when half the world blipped away, everybody had to come together and like, we didn't have borders because we're all just trying to survive the fact that like half of everybody was gone. Um, and so like, you've got this half of the world that's like in support of it. Um, and then like with, uh, um, John Walker, you have somebody who's stepping into this role and like making poor choices. And all the while we, as the audience are watching everything unfold and being like, we're getting more and more on board with like, Sam needs to take this mantle. Sam needs, you start rooting more and more for Sam. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but when Endgame finished and, and Steve handed Sam the shield, I was like, I don't know if I, how I feel about Sam being Captain America, but by the end of it, you witnessed through the whole length of the show all these situations where like Sam is literally perfect for this and Sam is made for this. Steve saw it. I see it. I'm a believer and everybody else is getting on board too. And like, that's the point of the show is to, is to usher in Captain America. It was to make Sam fill that role and to make him like be confident in his ability to do so. And to like agree with Steve. I think the storylines that didn't serve that very well are things like Madripoor and the power broker and, you know, even like the, like parts of John Walker's story didn't really seem important to the story, but I think will end up being important later in Marvel, like at the very end with him becoming U.S. agent and that chick Val or whatever her name was, um, like those things this were distracting and didn't seem important or good at the time. But, um, I think like the flag smashers and 
all the racial stuff and everything was so crucial to build Sam, build his character into who he needed it to be and who like the Marvel universe needed him to be, to fill that role the way he needed to. Episode five called truth. I, I appreciate all the stuff you guys have said, by the way, I just don't really have anything to add. Um, episode five titled truth. Um, this is the one that starts with an epic showdown of Sam Bucky and John Walker fighting over the shield. This scene was awesome. The three of these dudes just trying to beat each other up. Um, John Walker rips off the dude's wings, even. Yeah. <sighs> Dang. Like this that whole this whole fight scene and the whole time the shield's still bloody from him decapitating that guy, because it happens right after that. Man, oh man, was this a good scene. Um, best fight scene in the whole thing, if you ask me. Um I, I loved when when Bucky picks up John and like swings John into the shield. Like I don't have the shield, so I can't hate with the shield, but I can hit the shield with you. So yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was awesome. Yep. Um, this episode also has um, Bucky and Sam chilling, fixing the boat, which was super kind of fun honestly i don't you know the pacing of it was all over the place but i didn't really mind because i enjoyed what was going on on screen i was like this is kind of cool they're like fixing up a boat together i was like i kind of want to be fix up a boat <laughs> like um yeah it was kind of a a cool calm before the storm um what did you guys think of this episode i liked it it's fun and that's i know i've said this so many times <laughs> but as I was watching, I was like, all right, on, just hang out with everyone, have a good time, eat some food, you know, paint a boat, just enjoy yourself. And then I, after I was done, I was like, why aren't you guys, get out there, <laughs> Yeah, go save the world, there are people out there, trying, you know, and it's like, it, uh, yeah, the, but the weird thing is that I enjoyed it. And I know there was like, oh, well, they disappeared, they're good, we don't know where to find them, we'll send someone else to find them and then we'll go do our other thing and stuff. I think that sort of is a good message though. It's almost like it's almost painting the picture of like, you don't, you know, these guys are Avengers, so they do have to worry about it, but it's basically saying like, you don't necessarily have to worry about all the stuff that's away. Just try to make an impact where you are right where your home is. And that was sort of a message of that. I felt like, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, they were like, you know, let's just help, you know, our family, our community with this project that needs to happen. And I thought that was kind of cool. It, I don't think it happened at the right time um, in the show. So I agree with you, Keelan. But it also uh, was a cool message, um, I feel like, that they were trying to push. Maybe they were a little heavy-handed in that, but... Yeah, and I thought one cool, like, side part of that whole montage of fixing up the boat is that earlier in the series... um before they kind of split off. I think it actually happens at the end of episode four, I think maybe. Um, but Bucky and Sam are talking while they're throwing the shield around in the woods by Sam's house and it's bouncing off the trees and they're just chatting. And Sam is having like this good moment with Bucky where he finally like gets through and is like, he says like, like if you want to get out of the hell you're living, you have to do the work. And he's like, don't just go and cross off lists and, recite this speech that you wrote actually make amends and fix things and do the work 
Um, and in that scene, Bucky says, you know, he first off apologizes to Sam for like not understanding the weight of what the shield means to, to a black man. And, and that's cool. But he also, um, like he says, like, it's hard because that shield is the closest thing to family that I've ever had. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, cut to this boat montage and Bucky shows up and he is like, he's happy. He's laughing. He's helping Sam. He's flirting with Sam's sister. He's like, he's, <laughs> don't flirt with my sister. <laughs> he's, he's playing with his nephews. Like, like, like in that moment, in that scene, you see this beautiful transition and, and transformation of Bucky into, from like this, you know, damaged goods version of himself to somebody who's decided to step out and make his, his life his own and not keep living in his, in his shadowed past. And he steps into this, this community that Sam has invited him into and everybody accepts, accepts him and like welcomes him into it. And you see him start to find a family that he lost when Steve disappeared. This is, this is where I want there to be three or four more episodes that are dedicated to that they're, they're dedicated to Sam realizing that, you know, he just needs to be home for a little bit and fix some things. You know, maybe they could have adjusted other things that are going on. So it seemed like they actually could just rest at home for a little bit. And then having Bucky like just helping him and coming to grips with those things. I I would have enjoyed three or four more episodes of that, honestly, or maybe two. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like really important character building. Yeah. I just, I I do wish there was, they sort of glossed over it. Yep. Because it's so important. Yeah. I think that's a, a testament to how the MCU has evolved and everything. Because at least, well, I guess, you know, when Avengers came out, I was middle, when was the first? 2012? Yeah. 2012. Early high school. Um, I went because it was superheroes blowing stuff up. And that was really cool. And now, like, WandaVision is one of my favorite things. And there's not a lot of action. It's just about the characters. Yeah. And like, that's so cool that we're so invested in these characters, not because they do cool stuff. They do do really cool stuff, but it's who they are, like the characters and uh, everything. And that's really cool. And yeah, I agree. I wish there was more character moments. And there are, there are plenty in this show. I just wish there were more. This is the episode that we say goodbye to Zemo. Um, The, Ladies in red take him away to a maximum facility prison that's called Azkaban. <laughs> it's basically Azkaban, let's be real. Um, except instead of Dementors, it's the ocean, which is very similar to Azkaban, isn't is it not? There's yeah, just you know what's, there's Azkaban. just no Dementors. No Dementors. <laughs> that you know we know really of. Cool except about, for General Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really cool about Azkaban? Is that they apparently that was like some old evil wizard's house oh. that he just died randomly or whatever. And then the good wizards went and found it. And that's the Dementors were there. They have no idea where they came from, why they're there, what Dementors were at the time. And so they just turn it into a prison because the Dementors, the place is so evil that the Dementors like wow. just hang out there. Interesting. And, yeah. Maybe we'll find out in Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, probably not that would be cool though um anyway yeah what any other um thoughts on this i feel like we flushed out this episode quite a bit already 
Yeah, I think the only thing that we haven't really mentioned, which is hard to bring in because it's it's one of those storylines that just seemed out of place. And it's one of those ones that they brought in, I think, just for setting the stage for the future, is Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Yeah, what, who, is, who like, is this lady? Uh, she's basically like a... She's like Nick Fury in the fact that like she kind of has like... She's a very like... She knows what's going on. Okay. And she's got... She's got you know, resources. connections. Yeah. Connections, resources. She's, she's, she's with it. And she's, yep. she's putting this team together. We don't really she's know. With she's, she's with she's it. With it. <laughs> yeah. She got it. Uh, she's with it. Yeah. So that's kind of all we really know about her. At least that's all I really know about her. Um, yeah, that was a little bit weird. She's clearly, she's clearly gunning to get John Walker to like join her little U- team. U.S. agent, man. Yep. And things are going to get weird, so she's going to call him when it gets weird. Which, who knows what that means, but... But don't call her Val. Weird. Don't call her Val. Her name's Val, but don't call her Val. But her name's... She's got four names, three names, eh. But don't call her Val. But Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. But you can call me Val, but don't call me Val. <laughs> yeah. I, I did really like the, the court scene right before she was introduced. Yes, later. yes. The court and scene was good. John Walker's like, you guys built me. Yeah, I did what you wanted, and yeah. you like that's another like theme and storyline that I wish they could have devoted a, a, a sideshow to the sideshow or whatever on or like where it explores, like just yeah. Uh, we won't get into I'm with it you. too much, but Here, here's one quick devil's advocate in favor of MCU stuff though. Like if you look in the past with almost all the MCU projects like there's always characters that you're like man i really don't know enough about you and i wish i wish that that was explored or i wish that more was dedicated yeah, to this that's and true. like it's like sometimes it is later and sometimes it's not and you just i don't know you just kind of accept it the mcu is huge <laughs> but i definitely get it i think yeah i think kind of drawing that parallel back a little bit is that court scene is very like you know, we're not going to send you to prison. You just can't be Captain America anymore. You killed a man on on live whatever, and the whole world literally saw you decapitate a person. Nice going. And then you fled. Uh, but, you know, you're not, no longer Captain America. And, and, yeah, they gave him an other than honorable discharge. So not a dishonorable discharge, but not an honorable one either. Yep. Yeah. And, like, from his point of view, he's like, but you guys ask me to kill people all the time. Like, yeah. What's the difference? I just not yeah. necessarily specific to John Walker, but just that idea of like, you know, following government. orders, and you're like getting punished for following orders. Or yep. whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like because you made them look bad. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But anyway, hey, 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 one world, one people, episode six, the finale, the epic conclusion. We got John Walker forging his own shield out of scraps. We got Falcon donning a very cheesy outfit with really big shoulder pads and uh, a very long speech with some action thrown in. Cool. Enjoyed this episode with you guys. Uh, (laughs) Daniel, you have thoughts on the finale and how you weren't so keen on it. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, we've already kind of hit on several parts, but I felt like the finale was the most rushed. Like, there was so much that was leading up to this finale, and I was really excited about it, to be honest. I was like, there's there's a lot that needs to happen, 
And I was kind of, I don't know if I just didn't prepare myself, but I was like, yeah, WandaVision was extra long. So like to wrap things up. So like maybe this will be, you know, a little extra just to make sure everything's, you know, wrapped up nice and 52 minutes out properly. <laughs> the same time as, yeah, same, yeah. same length as everything else. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was just like, you, there's, there's a lot to try and like flush out, but I think just, it just felt rushed. It just felt like they were like, Oh shoot, this is the last episode. We don't have enough funds to actually do another episode or whatever. So we're just going to, you know, try and wrap up everything and then spend what seemed like 10 minutes on this speech, which was a good speech, but it just was long. It was, it was, yeah, it was long. Yep. And I don't know. I, 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 I liked some of the resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, like I liked that they at least closed up and showed Bucky going back to the, um, the old man who he killed his son yep. and confronting him and being honest. But even with that, I was like, this is going to be good. Like Sebastian Sands, a great actor, like going back to when they show him, um, finally overcoming the, the words. Yeah. In oh, oh my God. That was, was really so good. And yeah. I was like, Sebastian Stan's going to kill it in this. Like he's got to like be guttural and vulnerable and tell this man that he's done this awful thing. And like the man sits there and he kind of wells up a little bit. And then Bucky walks out and you're like, really? What's this happened? Yeah. Like, did Bucky go in there? And be like, Hey, this was really awkward. I killed your son, but it wasn't really me. Uh, have a right. good night. They made me, they made me do it. Uh, I'm a head out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna go get some, uh, <laughs> some Indian seemed, food maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, it just seemed rushed. And I think that's just kind of the finale as a whole to me just was like, there's so much that needs to happen and not enough did. It's kind of how I felt. Um, one thing I will say though, is my favorite part of the finale by far was when Sam brought Isaiah Bradley to the museum and showed him yeah. that they made a statue for that Isaiah sweet. Bradley, told his story. And honestly, I don't emote much with movies. Like, I internalize, and I'm like, that is funny. Yes, I think. That's ha, ha, ha. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> but legitimately, like, I watched that, uh, I watched that episode twice because uh, the first time Chelsea was too tired and we've been watching everything together. And I was like, I, I don't want to keep waiting for this. She's like, I'll just go to bed. You stay up, you watch it and then watch it with me later. So I watched it by myself. That scene came up. I was like totally crying and then, uh, watched it again with her on like Sunday or Monday, like two or three days later with her. And we're both just sitting there in silence. Cause it's just so powerful. Yeah. And, and like the emotion, I don't know who that actor is to be honest, but he did such a good job, like portraying <laughs> this man who's had to be strong and calloused his whole life. And then having this moment of like, of, of emotion where he accepts this huge gift and understands what it means to have his name and his story told and knows that his, everything he went through, all the, all the torturing and experiments and suffering that he went through was not for nothing. And he, his story will be remembered. Like that was so powerful. It was by far my favorite part of the whole finale. I don't think the guy nor looks that old. Um, he is like in his seventies, but I don't think he looks that old. I think that, um, a lot of that was like makeup that they put on him to make him look a little bit older, but he is that jacked. <laughs> his name's, uh, Carl, Carl Lumley. 
um, been in Alias and other things as well. But I haven't seen him in a whole lot. He's in Altered Carbon. Ooh, I've been meaning to... So is Anthony Mackie. Oh, um, This Is Us. You guys watch that show, This Is Us? Yes. He's um, the, the dude's dad, isn't he? In This Is Us? I can't remember... Um. I can't remember Maybe. what that guy's name is. Oh man, this is horrible. <laughs> it's okay. You he's can the Sterling 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 K Brown. Um yeah. He's he's his the guy who plays his dad, I think, in that show, isn't he? Maybe? I'm not sure. No, I'm probably wrong. Anyway, um Keelan, what did you think of uh last episode of the show here? Uh, a lot of the same things as, as Daniel, uh, lots of stuff happened. Uh, it was very rushed, but the, there are moments that really worked that, like I said, the thing that I love most is in the show, I think is, is, uh, Sam's, well, yeah, Sam's, uh, story to become Captain America, obviously, cause that's the point of the show, but, um, with Isaiah Bradley, that's, that's the thing that got me the most um and to see that come full circle and to see him have that character arc where he was he was telling sam in the beginning like you can't be you don't understand i understand what it's like to be to be uh black and have a super soldier serum and to be captain america but they don't want that they won't want you if you're captain america and to see that come full circle and understand that like sam is the guy and to see that it was really cool um and then I thought John Walker being like the, the mid credit scene at, at the end of the fifth thing of him pounding at the shield and like he has the crazy eyes and then just to come around and be a good guy was like, like he comes and he's like, Carly, I'm going to kill you or whatever. And then that one truck is in danger and he rescues it. And then he's all buddy cop with with uh bucky and they're quipping back and forth and they're like oh i love abraham lincoln he's like i don't like when you say it and it's like just yeah like why are you friends with him all of a sudden like you can work yeah. together sure because you need to but don't be joking back and forth this guy is like uh, it just felt weird um and yeah the speech loved what he said i feel like it would work in a comic book but it it just seemed like a script like he was reading from a script. It didn't seem natural, but I liked what he said uh, when he's talking about, again, I don't remember exactly the words, but it was something along the lines of like, Senator, you guys are all making these decisions for these people. You got all of you who are making these decisions won't be affected either way, whatever you choose. Like, why are you the ones who are able to make these decisions for these people? Cause you don't know what it's like for them. You don't understand. And I think one of the big themes throughout this whole show that was very prevalent was empathy mm -hmm. and understanding people who aren't you and are going through different things and yep. have totally different backgrounds. And even though like you can think that you guys are somewhat the same, like there's so much that is different between different groups of people. And I think uh, that was touched on in the speech. It just, yeah, it just was long and it was, Parts of it were really good. Parts of it were kind of cheesy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I thought, even though the costume is comic book accurate uh, for Captain America, uh, it did it did look kind of weird. Um, almost like, 
like uh, a fan version of what the costume should have looked like. Like a cosplay sure. version? Sure. Yeah. It. Especially yeah. with, Michael, what you said about the shoulder pads. Giant looked, shoulder pads. It, it just, yeah, it looked like something Square. you would, you would buy for like $200. Like, yeah. It's pretty close, isn't it? And Maybe all your friends would be like, did. that's sick, dude. And then. Dope, man. I love it. Awesome. But I thought what he, him with the wings and the shield doing all that stuff. So cool. Oh, I'm really so excited awesome. yeah. for, for Captain America 4 to see like <clears throat> more action of him using all those different things. I thought, oh man, it's so cool. When he when he was saving the pilot from the downed helicopter on the bridge and he puts the shield up and his wings go yeah. all the way around him. Oh, that was oh, sweet. That was so cool. I will say on the costume too, I was like, <laughs> and it was super irrational, but I was like, how cool would it be if they like hooked hooked him up with like, like all of it is vibranium, like like a like a iron iron suit or something, or like nanotech, like like just hook him up. No, it's just a freaking normal suit with with vibra- <laughs> with vibranium shield or uh, wings. Like, oh, I was such I was so bummed. Yeah, I even like started think, what if they gave him like a little bit of heart shaped herb so he'd have Black Panther powers? And I was like, that's irrational. <laughs> that's for the that's for the king. Come on. Are there? And I thought they got. I thought they only had one left, and they used it for T'Challa because they. I'm pretty sure you're right. They yeah. burned all the other ones. Because Killmonger burned it all. Oh, yeah. what a monger! Um. So, are there any other thoughts for you guys before we wrap this thing up? Good. Any good thoughts? Any bad things you didn't enjoy? What do you guys think? Anything else at all that you can think of? I won't. Um, Oh, go ahead. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> I I just want, I know it might seem like I've been pretty negative on it um, on the show. I if you have Disney Plus or whatever, I think you should definitely watch it. It's really good and it's fun. It's only it's six episodes, um, and I think there are some really 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 good moments, really good themes and messages. Um, and yeah, it's cool. It, and it it is one of the only things that are, is like setting up phase four so or phase fi- five phase, phase four f- phase I four think we're in phase we're four. in phase four yeah okay so it's setting up the rest of phase four setting up phase the five. rest of phase four yeah. yeah um so if you're excited for the rest of marvel i think this will definitely be something you need to watch yeah um i don't want to i feel like you kind of just put a nice bow on it but i kind of want to go back a, li- a tiny bit just barely um, the Carly girl, Carly Morgenthau, Carly Morgenthau. How is she the leader? That's what I want to know. Wh- why is she the leader? She's not like leading them by fear. She's not leading them by sheer power. I just didn't really understand that. Like what the, whenever they're like, look to her to be the leader, she just says like, one world and then they go one people and that's basically it i just didn't really understand like how is she the leader i was fine with her being the leader and that kind of thing i just wanted like maybe some sort of backstory as to why they chose her to be the leader it was an interesting take too because in the comics uh her character is actually a man a, carl a Morgenthau. yeah yeah and he's older and they they specifically chose her to play a like a kid basically like she's supposed to be young and obviously an intentional i mean really i just needed one scene 
one scene of them being like, she is she why. is the like, like ordinary one of us, and she knows the vision. She's the leader. You know, like just something that simple. But it, I think the only thing that's close to that is the funeral scene for uh, Mama Donna. Sure. Um, where she's she's the one that is like stepping in front of everybody. She's the one that sees Sam and is like maintaining her composure. So she has a certain a certain amount of like like uh, emotional know, stability. You, yeah, or like like self imposed like authority to like like she's like like I will step into it. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's just like a willingness and where nobody else is like I don't feel strongly enough to lead, but I would follow. Sure, maybe I don't I don't know, but the, I do think it wasn't really. I'm not sure. I don't have a good answer for you. There is that that actress who plays Carly um, plays an identical character in uh, Solo, Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, the a leader of a group of rebels, freedom fighters, who are seen as bad guys, but they have good intentions, all that stuff. Um, but you don't and, really know how. <laughs> well, no, you do because oh. there's a, there's a moment where at the end, she she takes her helmet off, and who you think is like this this big burly, you know strong leader person it's just this kid in a mask and she's like well my mom was the leader my mom died i had to take up and it was just 15 seconds of dialogue where she just explains why see that's all i need man yeah i just need that 15 seconds of dialogue that's all i need that's why like yeah i don't know they should have yeah (laughs) yeah lots of good things that just needed a little more time to be really great yeah. But oh well. Well, I'm still I excited have... for the other the White Wolf and Captain America going forward. Daniel, yeah. you have a thought? You are you excited about well, something? Well, I well I am excited about a lot of things. Um <laughs> but I I just was curious um I wanted to ask you guys who you think like the the main antagonist of the show is. Because it seems like there's different, the terrorists. Keelan, I there's not a right answer or a wrong answer. By the way, I'm not sitting here being like I know the secret. I <laughs> but do you? Don't. <laughs> I have an opinion, but <laughs> I I don't know if this is gonna seem like too. I don't think it's a person or a group. I think. The antagon- the biggest thing they had to overcome was, um, at least what I took was was um, race. That seemed like the biggest obstacle for uh, Sam to become Captain America, and which was the point of the whole show. And I think there's a lot of other hurdles that he had the, along the way. John Walker, the the flag smashers, power broker Zemo. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on with this show. Um, but that to me was the, the big thing that he had to get through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I was actually, I agree. I was going to say for me, it's like an antagonist should be one and a challenge or a challenger that you have to overcome, but also should be something or someone that pushes you to your, to your highest like ability to meet to meet them and overcome it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like you have two competing stories of race. You have him not taking the shield and them giving it to a, a white guy. But then you also have 
um, uh, Isaiah Bradley, who's saying, like, no self-respecting black man would take up that shield, and they're not going to let you take up that shield. So you have this, like, competing, like, you know, do I rise up against what Isaiah is saying and, and, like, not just take that for what it is and take the mantle or, you know. Yeah, I, I just don't really buy that. I, I just don't really buy that. I think that the Isaiah, Isaiah character thinks that way because that's how it was back when he was going through stuff when he was their age. And I think that he still has a hard time with that kind of thing. But I, I don't, I, I personally, I think the show paints it like this, but I just don't really buy it. I think that they give it to John Walker because of his medals of honor, because he's similar to what Steve Rogers was. I don't think they did it because he's white. I just don't buy that. And I don't really also, I don't also buy that Sam doesn't want to take up the mantle because he's black. I don't buy that at all. I, I don't think, and I think that the show sort of paints it that way. And it's fine if you guys disagree with me, but that's, that's just what I feel on it. Well, Sam, Sam, like, and, and I wish there was like a way I could look up quotes. Um, doesn't Sam say that? In ups when he's talking to Bucky, or is that, he, is that no. something Bucky says? He says to, it's complicated, right? And and he said that shield is complicated or has a complicated history. And and what I'm saying is is I think that the show paints it in that light that that's what it like one of the hardest things he has to get over. I don't. I just don't really buy it. I I don't really buy it. I think it's, I think it's, not necessarily as much about race, or should have been anyway. But yeah, I, I I definitely wouldn't say that you know John Walker got it because he's white, but I think. I think that, like Sam in his in his ending speech, he kind of finally names it and says like when he's talking to the senator, he's like. Like, how do I not understand? Like, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. Like, like this means something different to black people. And like that history means something different. And I think that's when he finally names that complicated history that he's talking to Bucky about. Um, It's definitely not the only factor. I think you're right. I think there is a huge part of it that's also like he's looking at Steve and being like, there's no way I can live up to Steve. Like Steve was a super soldier and he always did the right thing. And he left his friends and the Avengers when they wanted to sign the Sokovia Accords, and he became an outlaw because he believed to his core that he was, he was right. You know, like it's it's a lot of it's huge shoes to fill. Um, so I think that's definitely part of it. But I think he, and yeah, you still could be right in the fact that like the show's intentionally painting that story or, or telling that story. Um, and when they script in, you know, I'm a black man wearing the stars and stripes, it's obviously like that's the show's decision to right. include that in his speech. Which I'm not a huge fan of in shows or movies. Um, anyway. Hmm. But, I mean, like like I said, like you guys said, we're excited to see what happens with these characters going forward. You know? Can we talk about future hopes of yeah. MCU? What do you guys, is that a thing? What do you guys think? I My future hope, I've already said, is that Bucky will not be the Winter Soldier anymore, and he'll become the White Wolf. Um, I think that will be cool. I really want to get back to a place with Bucky specifically where 
he is awesome again. <laughs> I don't know if you guys <laughs> watched the progression of Bucky, but like in Winter Soldier, when he's first introduced, he's so like highly trained and tactical and like, he's like a, he's a force like, and Steve can barely stop him slash doesn't actually stop him. And then like, as you progress through the movie, he just kind of gets a little wimpier with his fighting and his powers. And I want to see him be awesome again. True. Keelan hopes for you. Uh, just specifically with these characters. Yeah. Or just what, what's next with the MCU in general, what's next for phase four. Um, I'm excited for, it looks like, it's going to be all new stuff for the foreseeable future. Uh, aside from a Thor, a Spider-Man movie, it's going to be a lot of new characters, new worlds, universes or whatever. Um, I think that'll be cool. Uh, I do wish we, we get more of these characters as well. Uh, season two, or obviously there's Captain America four and everything, but um, yeah, I'm just really excited for, I mean, we got Loki coming up in a few weeks. That's going to be awesome. True. And we have Black Widow that should have come came out a year ago. <laughs> Two years ago. Whatever. <laughs> Spider-Man. All that stuff. I'm really excited. I think uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming. And Eternals. Did you guys see the, the thing that released today or something? It was like a sizzle reel or whatever. And then no, it showed, I did not. It showed some of the Eternals and Richard Madden sitting there looking all cool. Oh, I'm so stoked. Pretty sure it had like a like a quick scene of Angelina Jolie doing some crazy sword flip thing. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty awesome. Sword flip. I think I sent it to you, Micah, right before we started on Instagram. Oh, yes, you did, but I have not not gotten a chance to watch it yet. It's pretty cool. Sweet. Pretty cool little, little would you call it a sizzle reel? Yeah. Is that is that a thing? Mm-hmm. So what they do. It's, so let's just say like EA is like, oh, these are all the Star Wars games coming out, whatever, and they'll be like, they'll show a few clips from Battlefront, they'll show a few clips from Jedi Fallen Order, they'll show a few clips from, those are the only games they've released, but whatever, you know? Like, it's just, like, almost a montage, but for things in the future. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, This is kind of a, a beefy boy episode. Um, but there was a lot to talk about, and so I'm glad we went into it as as deep as we did. And um, yeah, leave any kind of comments or anything on YouTube or on. Can you comment on Spotify? I don't think you can, but you can comment on Apple um, Podcasts, I believe, and leave reviews and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Flicks and Clicks. Um, all that stuff is in the show notes, um, so you can go find those. Um, but yeah, thanks for all of our Patreon supporters. You guys rock. Thank you. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> we are probably going to open up, don't quote me, soon is a relative term, but we're going to open up a store soon, I believe, with some merch. So if you enjoy Ooh. Flicks and Clicks and you like merch, then, I mean, this will be the place for you. Trademark soon, by the way, because I don't know when. <laughs> but sometime soon. Soon is relative again. Um, yeah. So any, I, I feel like Keelan has the best ending final thoughts. So Keelan, will you take us away? 
Yeah, it's like my my old grandpappy used you, to say. Are you going to read cheaper by the dozen again? No, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of growing up. There's I was struggling a lot with um, you know just basic tasks, uh, wiping. Um, <laughs> uh, that was basically it. It was really hard. Um, oh no! But I learned a valuable lesson at the age of. 14 wet wipes <laughs> uh, comedy superstar Steve Martin and TV film no, favorite Bonnie no, no, no. <laughs> you're like oh crap my joke didn't work go back to what I know <laughs> oh man uh, well I think that, yeah okay Daniel you try <laughs> Uh, take no, us away. You don't, you don't. You don't want that. Okay, fine. Thanks so much for listening to <laughs> Flicks and Clicks. Um, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Later. Wet wipes. <laughs>